Well hello and good morning and today we are finishing our kind of whistle stop tour through the book of Ephesians as we've been looking at a series over the last few weeks called Thrive. The heart behind these series, this series, is really to set a foundation uh, in our lives that as followers of Jesus, how do we thrive in life? How do we thrive in all circumstances? That actually, no matter what our life journey or, or what things are thrown at us, that actually we would be able to live well in God. And so far, as we've looked through Ephesians, we've unpacked several themes. So we've looked at the the blessings of God, the incredible truths of the gospel, um, as we've also unpacked what it means uh, to have our identity in God. We've unpacked more about who we are as children of God, that we are, are forgiven and free, and how we can live lives knowing more of who we are in Him. As we've looked through the book of Ephesians, Paul's had, Paul has had lots of practical advice for his church, for the church of God, uh, how to live our everyday lives, knowing who we are as children of God, as the church, as the body of Christ. We've also looked at the power of faith, the blessing of unity, the church of God together, uh, and God's purpose ultimate, ultimately for the body of Christ to live in unity and in community as we thrive together. You know, what does it look like to do life together, to build together, stand together? And then last week, Stephen unpacked for us the importance of holiness, pursuing holiness in response to all that God has done for us and what it means to be holy and to live lives that are fully submitted to Christ. So we've asked the question, how do we thrive as God's people? And we've looked at blessings, identity, faith, unity, holiness. And this week, as we come to the last in our series, we look at the well-known passage in Ephesians 6, and we're going to look at the theme of strength. How do we be strong in the Lord in the face of challenges? The passage we're going to be looking at is verses 10 to 20 and Paul's opening line in this passage is to finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. I don't know about you this morning but I want to be strong in the Lord and in his power. God is strong and he wants us as his children to carry that same strength within us. He wants to show us how to build spiritually strong lives, lives that will stand in the face of challenge and even when we come under attack, especially when we come under attack, to stand firm in him. True strength comes from God and strength is a gift that's given by God for service and for purpose as well as protection in the kingdom of God. So how do we do it? How do we grow in the strength and power of God? Why don't we read together from the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. So we're starting at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after all you have done, everything to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. 
take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Amen. Great. So, have you ever felt under attack? You know, a while ago, a few friends, uh, or a particular friend, in fact, invited me to her hen party. But this wasn't the ordinary, girly, glamorous hen party that we often enjoy, but actually my brave and adventurous friend had organised for us all to go paintballing. This is going to be fun, I thought to myself. However, up until this point, I'd never actually been paintballing before. Maybe you're watching this morning and you've been paintballing. Maybe you loved it. Maybe you had a different experience. And when we got there, we got given these camouflage suits to put on. We got given helmets. We got given gloves. And then we were split into two teams and sent off into the field of battle. You know, I can't remember much about what the aim of the game was or what we had to do, but actually my lasting memory of paintballing was how much it hurt when you got hit by a paintball. I came away with some pretty nasty bruises, to my backside in particular, um, and also across my knuckles I remember some pr pretty painful bruises. You know, actually it wasn't really that fun when you got hit by a paintball. But luckily for the most part we were protected by the suits that we had been given, by these helmets, um, but that didn't stop a few rogue paintballs leaving some bruises. And actually in particular I remember one shot that I had uh, where a kid behind me, who was meant to be on my team, misfired his gun from a range of about a metre and it hit me in the backside. So that was um, particularly painful. <laughs> but while we were there and probably enjoying quite a tame game of paintballing, there was another group there there was a stag party that had arrived and their tact was a little bit different so they sent the stag into the paintball arena arena wearing well let's just say not very much he had very little in the way of protection on the paintball field he had no protection from the incoming paintballs and as a result I'm sure you can imagine that everyone made him the target everyone was after him because they could see he was completely unprotected why would you go into a paintballing arena unprotected or uncovered? Obviously for them, it had been a bit of fun and the stag did live to fight another day, but with some pretty nasty and pretty big bruises, <laughs> quite a few injuries. You know, if you had the choice, what would you do? Would you go onto the paintballing field naked <laughs> or fully clothed with that added protection? You know, for me, it's a no brainer. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul has quite a harsh and sober message for the people of God. And that ma message is that we are in a battle, that we will come under attack. But actually that the good news is that God is not leaving us unprepared for the fight. He is giving us protection. He wants to clothe us with his armour to protect us. He offers us his full armoury for protection. But we need to choose, as Paul puts it in verse 11, to put on the armour of God. 
Up until this point, Paul has been enthusiastically sharing the magnificent truth of the gospel. You know, the forgiveness of Jesus, the power of God, the call of God's people to live in unity and to live out holy lives. And then we come to this bit where he says, and finally, these are Paul's parting words to the church at the end of the book of Ephesians. I once heard someone describe this chapter a bit like a coach speaking to his team before sending them out onto the pitch. I'm sure this is a a picture that we can particularly relate to as we've been watching the Euros this week, as we've seen all these football teams fighting it out uh, in the matches. Or maybe another picture is that it's like an army general kind of briefing his soldiers before sending them out into battle. You know, Paul has shared so much gold already in this chapter, but in this final section, here are the most important words, the takeaway message that he wants the people of God to go out with, that he wants to send out the people of God into the purposes of God. And that message is, don't forget that you are in a war. But what he says to us is that this is a war not against flesh and blood. It's not against each other, but rather in verse 12, he talks about how this is a battle against rulers and authorities, against powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. You know, this is quite a sobering part of scripture, but Paul wants the church to understand that there are powerful forces at work out there to destroy us and to destroy the works of God. In his book, The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis, which I read recently, although it is tough going, but C.S. Lewis suggests that there are two wrong beliefs that we can fall into when it comes to, to thinking about demons and the devil. And one is that we can choose to believe they don't exist or don't affect our lives. However, the other misconception or misbelief that we can fall into is actually to to give too much power to the devil, to have an unhealthy fascination or maybe a a fear of of the enemy, to assign too much time and attention to the powers at work, the demonic forces at work. You know, as Christians, we can't deny the reality of evil forces at work in the world. But neither should we spend too much time focusing on or fearing them. And Paul wants to show us how God has given us everything we need in order to be strong in the face of battle. He doesn't want us to be like that stag going out to the paintballing field with no protection. He wants us to be prepared and not just to survive, but to be strong in the face of the enemy. And so we come to this probably very familiar passage for lots of us. I'm sure we've read this many times. I know one of our small groups recently looked, uh, it zoomed in on this particular passage. And I'm sure you guys have drawn out so much wisdom that you'd be able to share with us. So as we look at this, as a reminder, Paul is in prison and he's been guarded by a Roman soldier who was likely the inspiration for this chapter. As he looked at the Roman soldier dressed in his armour. He instructs the church to put on the armour of God. So Romans had this uh, a light kind of armour for walking around, doing life, but actually when it came to battle, they had a full, uh, full armour to put on. And so that is what Paul is calling us to put on, put on the full armour of God. It's as though we've been led into a room where the full armour is available, into the armoury of God. 
where God has forged and furnished an armour specifically for us and for our protection. He's made an armour for us to be strong in him and in his mighty power. And so let's look at that. Let's unpack this armour of God a little bit more together. And so as we put on the armour, the first thing we come to is the belt of truth. And so the belt of truth is an undergarment that's thought to, hold, thought to hold the whole of the armour together. It's a central part of the armour. And I've heard commentators suggest that the belt of truth might even have two meanings. So the first is that the truth, uh, the belt of truth is the truth of God, the truth of the gospel, the revelation of God. But also that the belt of truth is a choice we make to build our lives on truth, to be a people of integrity and not of of deceit. It is truth that holds the armour together. It is choosing to live lives built on the truth of God. And so we need to choose to do that. We need to choose to live out the truth of God's word, his revealed word in our lives. The second piece of the armour that Paul describes is the breastplate of righteousness, also thought to have this double meaning. You know that we are called to live righteous lives, called to live out the righteousness that Jesus gives to us. His life covers ours. His sinlessness covers our sinfulness. And as a result, we get to be righteous before God. So we receive that righteousness, but we also live out righteous lives. Next, the gospel of peace. And these are thought often to be kind of light sandals, but it's not the picture that Paul would be painting here. So actually, Roman armor, uh, Roman uh, boots in the armor would have been solid, sturdy uh, boots tied tightly around the ankle and the shins for support. You know, they're designed for firm footing and long marches. The gospel of peace. You know, the picture is that we would be firm footed in God, standing on the promises of God, standing strong in him, feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. You know, we have peace because God has given us forgiveness. We, ha- we can have peace with God. The next part of the armour that we see in this chapter is the shield of faith. The shield of faith to extinguish the fiery darts of the evil one. And I would have loved a shield back on that paintball field to deflect some of those shots. When the enemy attacks us with his lies and fiery darts, then we have to hold up the shield of faith. You know, it's a faith in God and his promises. It's a faith in the fact that he will have the ultimate victory. It's a faith in humanity and the goodness that God has put within us in the face of the enemy who looks to corrupt character, in the face of enemy schemes. Ultimately, it's faith in the grace and power of God at work in our lives. You know, God is good all the time. And when attacks come, we need to remember that God is not the orchestrator behind those attacks. There is an enemy out to get us. And you know, the thing about Roman shields is that they work by interlocking together. They're stronger when they're raised together, when they connect together. And I love that beautiful picture of how it is as the body of Christ. Actually, we're stronger when we fight the enemy together, when we raise our shields of faith together. There's a wall of protection as we stand together, as we pray, as we protect one another. And then the final defensive piece of the armour that we see in Ephesians 6 is the helmet of salvation. 
You know, in battle, a strike to the head would often be fatal. And so often the enemy looks to attack us in our minds, in in the way that we think, in how we see the world, in how we see ourselves, uh, and even in our thoughts towards other people. Romans 12 says, don't conform to this present world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to have our minds renewed by Christ as we put on the helmet of salvation, as we look to think like him, as we invite him to renew our minds. You know, we are saved, but we're also being saved and we're in that process, aren't we, of of transformation as we allow God to transform us from the inside out. You know, God wants to work in our minds. We, We want to get to a place where kingdom thinking comes before worldly thinking. So we need to put on the armour that God has given us to protect us against the attacks of the evil one. But God just doesn't just want us to be on the defence. You know, he doesn't want to just give us enough to simply survive, but also he wants to give us more so that we can thrive. You know, he's also given us weapons of attack. So firstly, we put on the armour of God. And then secondly, what we take up the sword of the spirit. I particularly have enjoyed reading this in the message translation just to to, um, look at it from a different point of view and I love how it describes this verse. It says it like this, that God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare, so pray hard and long. To be strong in the Lord is to understand that the word of God is indispensable. There's no getting around it. We need the Bible. We need the truth of God. We need the instructions of God, the revelations of God, the solutions of God, the power of God is all found within this book. We need to be readers, listeners, meditators on the book, on the Bible, on God's book. And, you know, there's never been so many ways as there is today to access the Bible. You know, we can read it, we can write on it, we can journal, you know, or we can swipe to it on our phones. We can listen to it in our cars or as we walk around while we're on the move. You know, there are so many ways that we can fill our lives with the word of God. And you know what? If we want to be strong in the Lord, there is just no getting around the fact that we need to be saturated daily with the word of God. We need to know it. We need to obey it. We need to live by it. That is how we grow our strength in the Lord. When Jesus came under attack, when Jesus went to the wilderness for 40 days, he was confronted by the, the, by the devil. He came face to face with the devil and the weapon he used was the word of God to come against every single temptation that the devil put before him. The Bible formed his belief system. It was his sword in the face of enemy opposition. And if Jesus needed the word of God in his life, how much more do we? We need to build our muscles. You know, in in order to do that, in order to build kind of physical muscles, we need to work out. We have to lift weights. And it requires discipline and hard work and a choice sometimes to get up early and doing it. And you know what? I think that reading the Bible is exactly the same as that. At times it's hard. At times we can't be bothered, but we just need to make a choice to do it. We need to make it a daily discipline in our lives if we want to be strong in the Lord. 
You know, for me, if I think back to a week ago, I don't remember what I had for dinner one week ago. And to be honest, I don't remember the particular passage of scripture that I read that day either. But I do know that what I read and what I ate nourished and sustained me that day. That's how we need to live our lives, daily feeding on the word of God, daily looking to be nourished by the word of God. And so let's not beat ourselves up if we're not good at remembering large parts of the Bible or large passages or even smaller ones. But let's let's just choose to make reading the Bible a daily habit of our lives to nourish and sustain us and to strengthen our souls. You know, I'm sure for lots of us, we have a favourite passage of scripture, a verse that we like to come back to that feeds our soul. And I want to ask this morning, what is yours? You know, maybe you could share in the chat, even just now, what is one of your favourite verses of scripture? A, a scripture that you come back to, to encourage you and to build you up. You know, you might encourage someone here today by just sharing that scripture with us. So put it in the chat just now. And finally, as we think about building our strength in God, the third and final thing I want to touch on is that we need to persistently pray. Verse 18, pray in the spirit on all occasions. Or as the message put it, as we read earlier, in the same way, prayer is essential. See, prayer is our connection with God. It connects our earthly reality and where we're at with God and his heaven reality. It's our connection point with him. It's where we can share our anxieties with God. It's where we can welcome him to move in power in our lives. It's where we can bring the situations and the circumstances that we're in the midst of in our lives, we can bring them to him and invite him to come into all that we're going through. It's where we get to intercede and pray and partner with the will of God. We welcome him into our lives through prayer. We bless one another through prayer. It's where we get to hear the heart of God, where we listen to him, uh, as well as hearing his heart, we get to share ours. It's through prayer that we are changed. It's through prayer that we're equipped and it's through prayer that we are empowered. We cannot be strong in the Lord without a strong prayer life. And again, we just have to choose to do it. In the words of the prophet Nike, just do it. You know, set your alarm, write it in your diary, find a prayer partner, do whatever it takes. But we need to build the discipline of prayer and listening to God in our lives. Let's come with open hearts, ready to hear and to listen to all that God has to say. So, as we finish our series, as we finish chapter six, we need to put on the armour, choose to put on the armour. We need to pick up the word of God and we need to pray persistently. God, would you let us grow in strength and power together? You know, don't we want to be strong and powerful for the kingdom of God here in Stirling? You know, would we thrive in the centre of God's plans for our lives and would we encourage each other to live our best lives and pursue God's calling as we seek and serve him in this place? God, I just pray that people would be drawn to you because they see your strength in our lives. We're going to finish. Why don't we pray together? Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for this powerful scripture, this powerful encouragement. Lord, thank you that you are strong and that you invite us to be filled with your strength. Thank you for that armour that we talked about. God, for each one of us, help us to put on the armour of God. 
each one of those items, God, would you help us to put those on as we receive your spirit in us afresh today? The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the sandals of peace, the helmet of salvation, the the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. Lord, would you equip us? Would you equip us to be strong in you? Father, would you help us to be hungry for your word? Help us to pray, to be strong in prayer. Father, help us in those areas that we struggle with, Lord. God, I just ask for a fresh infilling of your spirit today in each one of us. God, I just pray for different situations and circumstances that we're facing just now. Father, where we feel weak, would you give us strength? Where we feel under attack, would you give us all we need, not just to stand, but to take ground? Father, would you help us this morning if we struggle in our mindset, if we struggle in the thoughts that we're having about ourselves, about situations. Lord, would you come and renew our minds this morning? Lord, as we finish this series, would you help us to thrive in you? No matter what we're facing today, we invite you to come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Amen.